I believe in Hashem. I trust in Hashem. There never is a moment when then I am alone and I'm on my own. I believe and trust in because I understand that He's holding my hand and every step is perfectly planned. He's holding me tight, so I'll be alright. I believe and I trust in Hashem. I'd like to start off with a question. On Yom Kippur, we say al And we ask Hashem, please forgive us for the sins that we have done. The sins that we have sinned to you. And you say which sin we're talking about. One of them is For the sin that I did against you with my Yetzahara. Huh? You mean there is a sin that we did with Yetzahara? What's about all the other sins? Who did we do that with? All sins are the Yetzahara. What does it mean? That I'm asking you, forgive me for the sin I did with the Yetzahara. Every single sin is with the Yetzahara. So one of the explanations is that the Yetzahara is only a shaliach from Hashem. He's on a mission from Hashem. Just like Hashem sends Malachim to do a mission, Hashem sends the Yetzahara to do a mission. Try to disturb this Yid from doing Torah mitzvahs. Try to get him to do an Aveira. Try to hold him back from doing a mitzvah. And the Yetzahara doesn't really want you to listen to him. If the Yetzahara was allowed to, you know what he would say to you? Uh, please don't listen to me. Don't, really, don't listen. But the Yetzirah doesn't do that. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to be a test. Hashem wants to test us and see if we're listening to Him or to the Yetzirah. That's the reason <coughs> why Hashem gave us the Yetzirah to begin with. Hashem could have given us just the Yetzirah. The reason Hashem gave us the Yetzirah is to give us a great reward for not listening. And the Yetzirah's job is just doing mission from Hashem. Yetzirah is not a bad guy. He really means our good, that we should not listen to him. He was once a kid, a real troublemaker, if there's such a thing exists. Never heard of that. And his father once said to him, Hey, I don't understand you. You're listening so much to Yetzirah. Why don't you learn from the Yetzirah? Why don't you learn a lesson from the Yetzirah himself? You can learn a good lesson from him. Yes, Tati, what kind of lesson? Look, the Yetzirah is on a mission from Hashem. 
Look how dedicated he is. Look how loyal he is to Hashem's mission. He listens to Hashem 100%. Why don't you listen to Hashem just like the Eitzahara does? The boy was a clever kid. And with a smile he says, But Tati, it's different. The Yetzahara doesn't have another Yetzahara to tell him not to listen to Hashem. I do have a Yetzahara. In other words, the Yetzahara is on a mission. It's the only reason why Hashem put it. As a matter of fact, what we can do, we can take the words of the Yetzirah and use it in Kedusha. I'll give you an example. Let's say the Yetzirah tells you, you see a bag of chips on the table, your brothers, your sisters, whatever, they're not looking. You could steal. Steal some chips, and they wouldn't even know the difference. They're not watching you. So you know what you do? You say to the Yetzirah, stealing? Huh? Thanks you for the good idea. I'm going to steal some time of my playing on the street, outside, and I'm going to say, tell him. Or I'm going to steal some of the money that I put aside to buy Nash, and I'm going to give it to Tzedakah. Well, I'll give you another example. The Eitzahara says to you, your mother calls you into the kitchen. Can you come to the kitchen? I need your help. The Eitzahara says, ignore. Say, ignore? That's such a good idea, Yitzhar. I'm going to ignore you, and I'm going to go into the kitchen, see what my mother wants. In other words, we can use the thing that the Eitzahara is trying to get us into trouble to use it in Kedusha. To do a mitzvah. And for this I have a story. A story that we see that the very same thing that could have gotten the person into trouble saved him from it. And the story goes like this. There were once three Yidden living in a town. Beryl, Getzel, and Shmerel. They were all from a family that did not have a lot of money, they were poor, and they decided to become partners and do a business trip. Go on a trip, go visit like 10 different cities, visit their marketplaces, and choose one marketplace of all of them where we're gonna buy some merchandise and we'll sell it for more money. And like this, we'll get rich. Okay, they took permission from their families, and they left. They had a horse and wagon, and are on the road. As they're traveling, they see it's getting time for Mincha. They say, we're going to have to stop off at the first hotel. And there happened to be a Yiddish hotel not far. They pulled in. Reb Moshe, the hotel keeper, greeted them. He knew them already from the past. And he says, welcome. You could spend the night here. And they thought it was a good idea. It's getting dark. We have money we took along. We don't want to leave the money in our wagon. So they came in. The next morning after Shachris, they're ready to leave. 
while they were sitting and eating breakfast, they had a very serious question. Option A is to start traveling like their plan to all one each of the 10 cities and go to each marketplace, which means 10 different trips from one city to the next. The problem is when you travel, you're not so safe. So the question is, option A, should we take our money with us? And as soon as we find a good deal, we'll buy it. Or let's leave the money with Reb Moshe, the hotel keeper. And we'll make 10 trips to the different cities. And when we decide where we're going to buy the merchandise, we'll come back to Reb Moshe. We'll pick up the money. And we'll go straight to that city, which means only one trip with money. Going 10 trips with money is not safe. It can be lost, it can be stolen, robbed, whatever. They all agreed that the second option is the better one. So they all three went upstairs to the second floor. There were many, many rooms. One of the rooms in the hotel was Reb Meishas. He's the owner. They knock on his door. He said, Meisha, can you do us a favor? Can you watch the money for us? We're going to be gone for like 10 days or two weeks. Can you do that for us and watch the money? And we'll come back for it. He says, okay. He put it away in a safe place, in a closet, locked it. Just as they were about to leave Reb Moshe, he said, Moshe, but it's important for us to make a, a condition that when we come back for the money, make sure we are all three present. All three of us. Don't give it to one of us or two of us. Only if all three are present. Okay. Not a problem. And they left. About two weeks later, they show up to the hotel. They came inside. They were exhausted. Beryl and Getzel were older than Shmerl. They all sat down on a couch on the ground floor in the lobby. And they said to Shmerl, you're the younger one. Go upstairs and get the money so we can get moving. Shmerl says, I can't go. He's not going to give me the money. We said all three have to be there. Yeah, we're here. We're all in the hotel. I'll try. He comes upstairs, knocks on the door. Maisha, I'm here. Yes. How can I help you? Uh, we need the money now. I'm, I'll gladly give it, but we made a condition. Need all three present. Yeah, but they're down. I'm sorry. Shmerl went back downstairs. Says, Beryl Getzel. I know you're tired, but we have to go up. He's not going to give the money. Suddenly, Beryl and Getzel, who were too tired to go up the steps, they screamed and said, Maisha, do you hear our voice? I hear you loud and clear. What do you want? We don't want to come upstairs, but we're present. We are all three present now. Just give Shmerl the money, okay? Okay. Shmerl, go get the money. Shmuel ran upstairs, took the sack of money. 
Moshe closed the door. Getzel and Beryl are sitting downstairs and waiting, and waiting, and waiting, and waiting. Shmerel didn't come. Why isn't he coming down the steps? After about 10 minutes, they walked upstairs, knocked on Moshe's door. Moshe, where's Shmerel? Shmerel? He was here 10 minutes ago. He took the money. Yeah, but he didn't come down the steps. Or maybe he took the other exit, the other staircase at the end of this hallway. Why should he go the other way? Maybe he wanted to steal it. Maybe he ran off with our money. Eichwald. We lost our money now. A ganev. A thief. We never suspected him for that. Oi, what's going to be? And they really were devastated. This was their savings. And they wanted to go buy stuff. And now Shmerel ran away with the money. What are they going to do? But then Beryl called out, called out and said, Maisha, we're not going to lose anything here. It's your mistake by giving it to one person. What do you mean? You told me all three are present. Yeah, but when we gave it to you, we made a condition. Don't give it to one. Don't give it to two. Give it to all three. Yeah, but you called from downstairs. You said, give it. They took Moshe to court. And when the judge heard the case, says it's clear cut. There's no doubt what the answer is. Moshe, how many people you were supposed to give it to? Three. How many people did you give it? One. That's it. Case is closed. You violated. You made a terrible mistake by giving it only to one. You should have given it to all three. You should have insisted you're not giving. That's it. You owe the money. What is he going to do now? Moshe came home. He's devastated. How is he going to give so much money to them? It was a lot of money. So he came to his rav. And asked the Rav for an Eitzah. His Rav was, I was told, that this Rav was the Teisvis Yantif, the Peter Shamishnayas. And the Rav said to him, after hearing the story, says, Come with me to the judge. I'm going to prove you innocent. Okay? The next day they come to the judge. The judge knew that the Rav is a Chashba person. He says, yes, how can I help you, Rabbi? He says, I want to understand why Moshe is guilty and why he has to pay. Because it was a condition that the sack of money that they gave them must be given to all three. And he gave it to one. He violated. He broke the condition. Instead of giving it to three, he gave it to one. Don't you, doesn't the rabbi think that he owes the money? Yeah. He broke the condition and he should, should have given it to three. Now, does the judge want him to make the same mistake a second time? What do you mean? To whom does the judge want him to, to pay the money now? To Beryl and Getzel. But there are only two people. Wasn't the condition that he can only give the money to all three? 
judge got quiet. His face turned red, he says. And I didn't realize that. The condition was only to give it when all three are there. You're right. Beryl and Getzel, he cannot give you the money even if you wanted to. Because the condition was they could only give it to three, not to one and not to two. You guys are only two. When you get three guys, when you get a hold of Shmeril, only then can he give the money. And when you find Shmeril, instead of going to Misha, bring him to court. We'll take care of it. The story shows you that the very same thing that was going to get him into trouble, to have to pay because he had to pay only to three and not to one, saved him from the trouble that he didn't have to pay it to two. And he was freed. The reason I'm telling this story is because we're talking about sometimes we take the same idea from the Yitzhahara, what the, the Yitzhahara wants us to do, and you could use it out in Kedusha to free yourself from the hands of the Yitzhahara and do the Ratzin of Hashem. Oh, yeah.